Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me at the JP Money Podcast today. Today, we're going to look at house buying. And I brought in someone with quite a bit more experience than me. Uh, my friend, my frequent guest, Mr. Dan Bohannon has joined us today. And he's going to talk us through some of the things that he thought about and tried to calculate to make sure him and his wife were set up for success when purchasing their first home and eventually purchasing a different home and the process of buying and selling a house. Let's get into it. Super fantastic to have my guy Danny Bohannon back with me today. Danny, how you doing? I'm doing well, Jordan. How are you? I'm having a beautiful day. We just got lunch together, and so life is good. We went down in East Lansing to the local uh, peanut barrel, and I, we both had chicken sandwiches. Beautiful day outside. I'm good. I'm great. Any day with you is a great day. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. You're, I'm having I'm having a blast so far. So I appreciate lunch. So far, so good. You're welcome. So we do it at the JP Money Podcast. We try to take care of people when they're in town. All right. Uh, so Dan, I want to focus. Last time we talked a little bit about uh, sort of the soft skills. We talked about communication with your wife. We talked about your job, communication about money with other people. We gave a little bit of background on our relationship. So if you're interested in learning about who Dan is and and how I know him, you can go back and listen to that episode. Today, I want to focus more on a more specific niche topic that I am not an expert in because I have very limited experience in it. And you have a lot more, at least compared to me. So I wanted to gain your insight on uh, buying a house and what people should think about for buying a house and their living situation. So if you haven't heard from me in the past, I, my wife and I currently rent in Okemos, Michigan. Uh, very close to both of our jobs. I did give an episode where I talked about how we built up a down payment for a house and then we decided not to get a house and to change careers. And that's where we earmarked that money. So uh, I'm sure we'll buy one eventually, but we're not there yet uh, as far as our financial decisions go. And so I want to bring in Dan, speak with him about that. And Dan, before you lived with Lindsay, before you guys got married, what did you, did you live in a house on your own prior to moving in with her or what, what did you do? I um, graduated from Olivet College in 2013 and I planned on moving back home with my parents, live in the, the bedroom I lived in for 16, 17 years, actually it was probably 15, but you know, growing up and that was just so I could pay off my student loans. So I, I previously mentioned on show that I was on before that I had about $15,000 worth and my goal was to pay those off as soon as possible. And I knew that if I lived with my parents, I, you know, could focus on paying off my, my debt. So I didn't even look anywhere else. Like it was just, that was my plan. That's what I was going to do. I was going to live at home, pay off my, my loans. So, so how long exactly did you live with your parents? Um, until I got married. So from 2013 to 2017, four years. And you were approximately 23 to 27 22 years old? to 26, yeah. 22 to 26 years old. Okay. You know, that is a totally fine thing to do. First of all, thank you, Doug and Julie, right? Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, for thank hooking you. you up with Mom a Mom free... and dad for, for helping, 
helping out with that. <laughs> do you mind if I ask, did, did they charge you rent or did they ask you to pay or did you offer or did none of that even occur? I know you're, uh, you, it's just you and your sister, right? Two siblings. Right. So, yeah. and your parents are responsible people. So did they ask or did you need to? I think at some point, maybe when I ended up getting my full-time job in 2015, um, I, I paid, I chipped in for groceries. Like it was like a hundred bucks or something. They were super generous. I seriously don't know how to repay them still, but it all worked out. And how important for you to not squander that time to use the money for something, whether it's investing or paying off your debt or saving for a house or whatever it is. So some yeah, people think, Oh, I'm making all this money and I don't have any home expenses so I can just spend it all. Yeah. It was, it was debt. Uh, and then it was, Hey, start a Roth. And then at some point there it was, Hey, we're going to buy a home. And so that was kind of the process of where my, I should say like extra money or funds were, were going. So yeah, living at home definitely, definitely helped. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I have a very similar situation. I live with my brother and sister uh, for almost two years, if I remember correctly. And I did pay them a very small amount of money. I want to say like 200 bucks a month. It was not very much. They certainly could have charged me a lot more. And then after that, I moved in with my grandpa for an additional, I want to say three, if not three and a half years. Offered to pay him as well. He did not take me up on that. He was like, no, Jordan, your family. I, I appreciate you being here. You know, just clean up after yourself, take care of yourself and you can stay here for free. And I don't think I'll ever be able to repay my grandpa for that. Just like, that's when I save for a ring. That's when I started to pay off debt. That's when I got all my retirement accounts going. And without having that window of living for free, I don't know that I would have been able to start that, especially with a much larger student loan debt than what you had. And I feel like sometimes people feel shamed when they like, it's a mark of shame that I'm moving back in with my parents. Like, no, that's totally acceptable. Obviously there's boundaries now. You're right. not a 16 year old anymore. You're a 22 year old but it's their home and it's their space. So parents have every right to kick you out if you're not following their rules. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's how I feel. Like if I were a parent and I had a kid, I would of course welcome them back home, but I would probably give them some conditions. Like, hey, you need to be either saving for an apartment or a place of your own. If that's what it's all about, mama, if that's moving up, then I'm moving out. I don't know. That's how I feel. Yeah. And I guess I don't really remember. I guess my dad knew that I wanted to pay off my debt, um, my student loans. And I guess he knew since I was doing that, we never really had like a, a clear conversation or, hey, make sure you do this, this and this. Like I helped out when I when I could and I was subbing and I was roughing. I was working really long days. Um, to try and just make as much money as possible. I was landscaping from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m., just trying to get those those things paid off and very, very thankful. Super. Okay. So you live with your parents for four years. You get married, you and your wife. Um, did you guys buy your house pretty much? Did you buy it right before you got married? I can't really remember the timeline. Yeah, it was a month, roughly a month before we got married. But we signed the paperwork and stuff. Maybe we got married in June. We signed it. I want to say in February or March of what year? 2017. Uh, okay. 
So before all the craziness of uh, 2020 and 2021 with right. house prices right. going out of control. And even then, when we were we were looking, we were actively looking in December of 16, then January of 17, February um, of 17. And um, there weren't a lot of houses on the market then. And so it was uh, difficult to find one that fit our budget and the style of home that we wanted, that my wife wanted. Mm -hmm. And we finally, um, through a, a family friend, through um, that, that my dad knew, his nephew was flipping a house. And so this, it, it actually was never listed on the market. So we got in before um, it was listed and able to work out a deal. Okay. So a lot of good information to unpack there. And like I said, I'm going to kind of let you roll with a lot of this information because I don't have nearly as much experience as you do in purchasing a house. And and I'm not talking about real estate investing here. I'm talking about buying a home to live in, a primary residence. So Dan, when you and Lindsay bought your first place, what struck you as like, oh, I wish I would have thought about this, or I wish I would have known more about this prior to doing it. And I'm sure you're going to talk about not hiring a realtor, uh, <laughs> yeah, because I know that that was uh, something that ended up being more stressful than maybe what you both thought it was going to be. But what are some things people should be thinking about, according to the demographics that I get for this, uh, and the analytics for the show, our age range of people that listen to the show are about 28 to 34 years old. It's probably plenty of first time homebuyers in that range. What are the most important things people should be thinking about? In my opinion, I think it's staying within your budget, right? Not buying, you know, too much house, avoiding PMI. And I don't remember if you've talked about PMI. I do not believe I have. Um, it's primary mortgage insurance. It's uh, avoiding that extra payment on your your house if you don't own twenty percent of your your house, then the bank requires you to pay a little extra because they're kind of taking a risk with you. Uh, so it's important to, in my opinion, save 20% of uh, your purchase price of your home. But Dan, if you put down 3.5% with an FHA loan, houses have grown by like 50% of their value the last two years. Why would I put 20% down? Because that's not how it's always gonna be, right? So you have to remember that the past two years have been kind of crazy. It looks like things are coming back to, I'm going to say normal, even though they're really not. But, you know, I just avoiding that extra, extra payment uh, to the bank where you can maybe allocate that money towards something more important that will help you in the future. Uh, maybe that's an investment account or even like, hey, you want to fix up the bathroom or something with the house. You can use that money to do that instead of paying the bank a little bit more. Absolutely. And in addition to that, you always want to have equity in your home, right? If you buy a $300,000 house and you put 10 grand down and the housing market shrinks 15% and now your house is worth $250,000, you now are $40,000 roughly behind in your house. Your house is underwater. Uh, nobody's used to that because the past 10 years, that hasn't been the economic environment for houses, but it could happen. I don't, I don't think it's likely to happen, but it, I wouldn't be surprised if it did. Uh, so that's why Dan's saying try to get 20% down if you can. That's not a hard and fast rule. It's just an ideal suggestion for really anybody getting into a primary residence. Right. What else? So 
you know, talking to a, a lender, getting pre-approved. Uh, so when you're ready to to make a decision and you know purchase a home, then the seller knows that hey, you're serious about this. Maybe they'll they'll pick you if there's like you know ten offers or something like that. You know, I I would say which is another reason to have twenty percent down, right? Right, more likely to to pick your offer if there's multiple offers. And you've been in the, those shoes too. You've been a buyer and you've been a seller. Yeah, from the the selling aspect. But getting back to like, hey, what do you need? Making sure you know you have good credit, so not missing credit card bills or car payments or rent or whatever the case may be. Try and increase your credit score um, to get the bank to loan you the money and to get a good uh, interest rate, the best interest rate you can. That's that's good on the financial background and making sure your ducks are in a row to be able to physically purchase the house and go through the process of purchasing the house. And, and we'll certainly do another episode on what goes into calculating a credit score because there are some ways you can manufacture a better score in the short term and in the long term. But let's assume we got all that stuff in place. You've decided, hey, I want to buy a house. You're looking at his location, a big deal. When you and Lindsay made your decision, because yeah. you guys have what I would consider in my world, a pretty healthy income. You've got two, um, you know, you guys are married. You both have really solid jobs, uh, currently no kids. I would imagine you could have bought a much bigger house but a lot of people make less money than you guys and buy bigger houses than you guys. So you talked about staying in your budget. What else went into this decision? Yeah, location. So making sure at the time I was commuting out to Clinton Township and Lindsay was commuting downtown Detroit. So making sure we, we looked in like Royal Oak and... We decided that wasn't for us. I grew up in Gross Point. We did look in St. Clair Shores, but ended up choosing Gross Point. We did want to live in Plymouth. That was actually our first choice, but we knew uh, with the the costs of living in Plymouth, we didn't, like you said, we, we weren't making enough money to do that. And maybe at that point, it didn't make sense to live in Plymouth where we had to commute. And Gross Point had homes that fell in, into our range. We had a max uh, range of 250. Um, so we wanted to stay under that and ended up finding this beautiful home mm -hmm. and was able to purchase it and all worked out. So the first thing that I said to you uh, was, you know, what do you, or what is the first thing you do when you want to buy a new house? And you said, number one, stick within your budget and know what your budget is. Okay. So let's say it's a $200,000 house. You're putting 20% down. So you're looking at roughly $160,000 mortgage. Let's say do a 30 year mortgage. The interest rates fluctuate. Let's say it's 4%. And let's just say the math comes out to a 900 or $1,000 payment for the for the, the mortgage for the principal and the interest it it was if uh want to be more specific there it was roughly seven hundred dollars for the principal and interest and then roughly four hundred dollars for the taxes and home insurance so our payment was about 1100 bucks so that's what i'm getting at is the initial purchase of the home, it's not just your principal and interest that you're calculating. What other expenses are you budgeting for outside of those two things? I mean, you mentioned property taxes. Right. What else is there? PMI, if you don't have 20% down. Correct. PMI, um, that would increase your monthly payment. Your uh, home insurance, that was about, I want to say, 800 bucks a year. So those things kind of went into um, 
deciding on where we want to buy a house and um, some of those houses in gross point you know the bigger they are the closer to the water you get the more taxes you pay Mm -hmm. right Uh, we weren't very close to the water so our our tax bill wasn't as high you pay for things living in gross point they've got parks and etc but we were able to we, we felt comfortable with our our taxes which were about four thousand dollars annually okay so um compared to some houses some of those houses the matrix is everywhere it is all around us even now in this very room you can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television you can feel it when you go to work when you go to church when you pay your taxes um so at the time uh, when we were purchasing in 2017, like that made sense for us with our with our income. Okay. So, and I ask you this only because you've advised me on the same exact topic. So your house was recently redone, remodeled. So you're all good, right? It's all already furnished. Nothing's going to break. <laughs> I mean, you don't need any excess funds, reserve funds to take care of that stuff, right? I mean, you'll be fine. Right. So we had to waterproof the back wall in our basement. I think that was the next summer after. It's always people's basements, man. Whenever <laughs> I talk about like, you know, what's wrong with your house? The first thing they always say is water in the basement, water in the basement. We Does had just be in Michigan or what? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, gross points a little different too. I mean, it's built on like clay and I don't know, drainage issues. I think every, every family member that I have in gross point, has had some type of water issue with their basement. For real. Yeah, no, and, oh, I'm for real too. On the whole state of Michigan, though, like, in addition to gross well, points, it's you, like... You're right, you're right. Um, I know, I'm, I'm very familiar with, with you know, water in, in, in the basement. It's one thing that I, like... You're very passionate about I this am, and very I, topic. I, I hate having water in the basement. Anyway, so uh, that was one thing. We had um, trees in our backyard that make a long story short, we had to take a tree down uh, because the city told us we had to. So um, I thought you were going to talk about the storm that took down one of your trees. I mean, that, that's a story for another day, but well, that that's the other tree. In oh, our okay. These were giant trees, right? So that's, that was uh, thousands of dollars we had to spend on taking those down. Um, and because these are just these, at least what I remember from the storm, one of them was like on an electrical wire too, right? So it's not like you can just go Paul Bunyan the thing, take <laughs> right. your axe out of your your back pocket and chop the thing down. It was huge, and it like split in half. It fell away from our house, but the other half was still standing, leaning towards our house. And um, I, I remember my dad walking over and saying, uh, "You have to take that down." <laughs> and I was like, "What do you mean? It's fine." And I looked at a different angle, and I was like. I was calling someone right away to to see if they could come take it down. So, you know, a couple thousand dollars here and there, the the waterproofing, not to mention just like the small things here and there. I can't think of anything in particular. I just have to interject real fast. I'm surprised Doug didn't come over. He's a handyman kind of, if you don't know him. I can see him just climbing up, getting on a ladder, climbing up to the roof, lassoing the tree, holding it back, saying, Dan, you chop it, you chop it, you get it. But that definitely was not a job for him. Okay. Uh, It was... Uh, I don't think he has the the tools to take that one down. But anyway. didn't you have an issue like with a neighbor too about, or was it was it the homeowner that sold you the house? I believe that I believe there was at one point a, a lawsuit that was drafted by you that eventually <laughs> got thrown out and not used. But what what was the nature? So of that, that was the first tree. 
I guess our neighbor had complained that there was dead wood in the tree that hung into her backyard mm. that the owner had to um, take out and the city notified who the who we bought the house from. Um, but he did not disclose that information. So we were prepared to take um, legal action. Yeah, take legal action. And luckily we we settled before that. Property infringement. And we ended up taking the entire tree down, um, which was good. That tree was ugly. Yeah. And I'm not a huge fan of trees anyway. So what? um and the reason being is because oh, that's a terrible thing to say on a um, public podcast. I'm not a fan of trees. Well anti environmentalist trees on cut my, them all down on my property because our the tree that got struck by lightning was over our sewer line. And so the roots from the tree. Oh yeah, I remember you telling me this. So we had impacting to, the groundwater or something like that. Impacting our our sewer line, and yeah. you know, again, like water, blocking it or well, contaminating could, it. Or it both. could could have been blocking it, which means you get a backup, which means you get water, water in the basement. In the basement. <laughs> that's why. That's why all these missions. It's, the, it's the darn <laughs> sump pump, man. It just doesn't do its job. <laughs> so it, it, I don't know. To me, it, it all comes back to hey, we got to prevent water in the basement, and um, so we had to get that. That was uh, an expense. We had to jet our sewer line so they could clean out all the roots. So I was actually excited that the the storm took half of this tree down so we could take the rest of it. What does jet um, the sewer line mean? Is that like taking a laser and zipping it? Like the the jet they brought in, um, like a water jet. To so push it? To Yeah, it was so powerful that it just cut the roots. Okay, um, went right through it. Like, yeah. yeah pushed it all out into the sewer. So we had a clean sewer line so we wouldn't get a backup. This, you should have called Doug. I mean, you probably paid someone <laughs> $1,000 to do this. You could have just had Doug come do it for free. You know, he's got a jet system in his home that he's ready to use. Well, if he does, he didn't tell me. Yeah. And I could have paid him to do it, but whatever. So my point being is there's a lot that goes into owning a home. And owning a home yeah. is a wonderful thing. Jess and I hope to have a house before long ourselves. And pretty much everyone that I talk to is very like land proud, property proud, proud of their home. Um, but financially speaking, there's a lot of cost that goes into it. And in the long term, there's a lot of financial gain to it as well. I mean, especially in your case, there's a short term gain to having it, which I'm sure you're well aware is not always the case. Right, right. Uh, you got in at a very opportune time uh, and earlier is always better than later, just like investing, right? Getting into it starts the train rolling. So in the long term, you're, you'll see an increase in value. But there's a lot of cost that go into it as well. And if you don't have the proper framework in place, and I'm not saying that has to be a 20% down down payment, of course, right. but having stable jobs, feeling good about your income, feeling good about, I mean, what's a comfortable time period? I mean, you moved in and out of this home in what, three years, four? Five. Five. Okay. So you were there a decent amount of time. Yeah. But if you were going to buy a house and then you knew you were going to leave in the next two years, do you think you'd be doing that? No, I don't. I mean, if you're okay I, losing money, then sure. Yeah. But most of us at our age are not. Right. I mean, personally, I, I wouldn't do that if I wasn't thinking I'm living there long term. So what but, is that ideal time frame for you? Like, if I'm going to buy this house, I plan on living here at least this many years. I have the mindset of I'm I'm living in this house forever, right? Okay. That's That was my mindset. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when, you know, this opportunity came up, when we decided to to sell and move essentially, and we, we can get into that. But I honestly thought that I was going to live in that house for forever. And it was a great house. And yeah. we had a lot of fun memories there. And I'm sure you and Lindsay had plenty of great memories there. 
Uh, and we're, we are going to transition into you making the decision to move, move cities, move houses, um, and maybe a little bit on the selling process. But is there anything we left out about the initial purchase or what you were looking for in a home before we move on to those topics? Um, I don't think so. I just, I wish that I had, like you mentioned at the very beginning, used a real estate agent. It's like you said about uh, your podcast on on taxes. You let the the tax person handle that. It's something that you don't have to handle. And I think that they're knowledgeable in their field and it's important to use a real estate agent. So that's just coming you from my yeah. background though. And right? you're not selling, you're not a real estate agent. I mean, you're no. not saying this because you're trying to get someone hired. Last thing on the, on the house, anything you regret or would have done differently other than the, the realtor situation, anything like in the home itself that was a bigger deal to you that you didn't maybe think about when you first bought it? I don't think so. I mean, it all, it was a nice house. It, it was very yeah. nice. It was, it was well done. They, um, kind of ripped everything out and redid it and they put in new kitchen, like literally everything was, was brand new. So it was great. Stop by the river one day. I don't even want to own anything until I can find a place where new things go together. I'm not sure where that is, but I know what it's like. It's like Tiffany's. Tiffany. All right. So Dan, you talked about getting, uh, living in this home for five years. Uh, you and your wife continued to excel at your jobs. Your income uh, continued to rise your expenses because you guys are budgeting and uh, you're being very conscious of what you're spending money on. You kept your expenses relatively low. You and Lindsay probably, I would imagine, started to talk about maybe upgrading a house or looking to different areas that might suit your needs a little bit more. Talk to me about what selling your house was like and just the decision to even sell and move in the first place. Yeah. So we've talked early on about like maybe even getting a second property and up like up north or something, um, or maybe it was something down south or whatever. Yeah, and we're in a, we're a uh, international podcast here at the JP Money Show. We've got oh, a few listeners sorry. in Europe. Yeah. So when you say up north, you're talking about up, northern Michigan. Up north, Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. Got a lot of beautiful cities up there. So okay. So we we always kind of thought about that. I we we decided, hey, I I don't think I want to pick a specific spot. You know, if I'm going to have a second place. Maybe it's just better that we, when we vacation, we can rent whatever. So we kind of dismissed that thought. And then I guess this was late 2021. Uh, we decided, hey, you know, thinking back to where we wanted to live from the beginning of our marriage uh, was was Plymouth. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm it's very important to me that I can really control the the temperature in my home. It's it's again very important to me. Okay, and so we even put in a separate air conditioning unit at our old home, so we could control the temp. Okay, was it one of those nests? <laughs> no, well, we did put a nest in, but that was for our first floor. Okay, our, we we had a bungalow. It's very difficult to cool get, get a, air up there. a bungalow it is so we had a um i'm gonna call it like a european style if you've ever been over to europe or maybe down to like tahiti or something this is what they have there to, to cool their hotels and apartments and etc so we put one in at our house another uh you know expense right but yep. we uh we put one in and it was it was awesome but i always hated 
having to climb stairs to mm-hmm. get to that second floor and sound like an old man, Dan. You sound like an 80 year old. I can't climb these <laughs> stairs anymore, boy. My knee is busted. Um, so we, Lindsay and I have both been interested in ha- owning a ranch. So we, we started looking and, you know, she stumbled on a community, uh, in Northville that they were, they were building ranches. And so we went and checked it out and we both were like, wow, this is awesome. Like this would be sweet. And I know I kind of maybe took one extra step there because I said building ranches. Um, mm-hmm. We were initially maybe just looking at other homes to to purchase, and we decided, hey, we want to go back to Plymouth um, and get back to the the west side of Detroit, where this is where Lindsay grew up, and um, we've you know we got married there, and I've grown to really love that community. We wanted to you know really be there for the the long term. And I'm sure relationships factored into this too. I know you've got some friends down there now that you didn't in your old place, but you're kind of moving much further away from your parents and very close to your wife's parents. And the schools are really great in Plymouth. So if you and Lindsay were to have kids down the road, then them going to those schools, I would imagine would be a very good thing for them. Did all that get factored into the decision too? Yes. We have two very close friends, Neil and Kelly, that live in Livonia. Yeah, now three. You got Wyatt. I mean, you got oh, Wyatt, yeah. yeah, and Leo, their dog. And so uh, we spend a lot of time with them. Um, so now we're a lot closer. I'm even closer to to Jordan now. Yeah, right? I mean, we're still a little ways. We did have to, you know, get you to come, what, an hour over here hour, to yeah. come to today's recording. Um, and, you know, we'll make sure we deduct that on the account, on the account here for the <laughs> JP Money Podcast business account. But... So living closer to her parents and moving further away from yours, was that a situation? And excuse me if this is rude for asking, but it's like, oh, I want to live by my parents. And she's like, oh no, I want to live by my parents. And so you guys had to like, we live by yours for five years. Now we get to live by mine for five years. No, it it wasn't. It wasn't like that. We honestly, we, we knew the community was great and it was. Yeah. I love um, your guys' neighborhood. It was just beneficial to we ended up finding a, the same builder was building just a half mile from my, my in-laws and, um, we, uh, Lindsay and I have a great relationship with them and we knew that they would love us living so close to them. And, you know, that's kind of how, how it worked out. So de- definitely relationships, um, and just loving the community is how we ended up deciding to pick this specific spot to build a ranch style home in Plymouth. I'd have it on wheels. Not me. I'd want my house so that nothing could ever move it. So down deep that an earthquake couldn't shake it. And, and a cyclone would be just another wind going by. So financially speaking, we talked a little bit about the emotional side to deciding to make this move. And of course, you don't have to share any details you're uncomfortable sharing. But you, this is a very large financial decision for two people that are very tuned into their finances. So there's nothing that is surprising here. You guys know exactly what you're signing up for and what the plan is. You guys are both very goal-oriented, responsible people that quite frankly have a healthy, good income. Did you, when you purchase this place, you're building it, you're moving to a very nice community. It's a nice ranch home that's brand new situation with the house, I'd be like, wow, that is a lot of money to spend on a house. But the good news is 
you know exactly what you're getting into because you've set yourself up for this the last exactly. five years. Do you think if you didn't control your expenses and set yourself up for this and invest heavily and prepare yourselves and excel in your jobs to where you're much more comfortable and making more money at your jobs where you would have been able to decide something like oh, this? Oh, no. And so the cool thing about all this is we really took, like we really focused on like maximizing accounts, uh, our retirement accounts specifically. And hey, we're going to focus on this for, it, it, and this wasn't like this grand plan, like five years ago that this was, this is what yeah, we're going to do. You don't know what your goals are going to be five years from now. It, right. And so it was just like three years ago, we were like, all right, you know, we've, we've gotten raises. Uh, we are going to maximize our retirement accounts. One thing we, we maximized was the mega backdoor Roth. Um, and maybe that's something that we can chat a later episode, but it's, uh, you know, saving a lot of money. And so we were, I, we were doing it because we knew that we don't really want to work until let's just say retirement age, 67, right? Whatever that is, 65. And so that was, that was our main goal. And then all of a sudden this kind of came out of the blue that they were building these houses in an area we wanted to be in. And we decided, Hey, since we focus so hard on saving in our retirement accounts, you know, if we don't contribute another dollar, we'll be financially independent. We just have to wait now. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's the cool thing about just really focusing for two to three years on, on doing that set us up to make this type of decision. So, and I don't know, it's just really neat that it happened so quickly. I know it, it it's not always going to happen like that, but we, talked, we communicated, we made those decisions and it ended up paying off in the, in the long run. So, and you would able, you were able to use that money where you want to use it. You guys value having a nice home in a nice neighborhood and you made a strong decision to go ahead and do this. Uh, and we have every reason to believe that that's a great decision for you guys in your situation. Other people might not, might not mean anything to them, but you guys have a unique, triple combo of like the ideal financial scenario, at least in my head. You have number one, minimal to no debt, at least consumer debt, high interest debt. Got the debt to Tyler Automotive. And that's down in, was that in Lakeshore, Michigan? I know uh, the Niles branch because that's where I'm from. They have a very strong yes. uh, reputation. Um, they're great down there. Yeah. Uh, definitely if you're looking to buy a Honda specifically or a Jeep or yeah, a Chevy or anything Ram, like that. Dodge, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anywho, you guys have what I would consider the the triple crown. You got minimal to no debt. You've got large incomes, and you've got strong, heavy investments. So when you do that, you can make those little bit more risky decisions to upgrade in house, or start a rental property, or switch your job, or you can you know money. This is why I hate that quote. You know that you love money. It's not that you love money. You love what money can provide for you and the freedom that it provides you. And this is a great example of that because there's no way if you guys didn't start the habits that you started five or 10 years ago to save and invest money, there's no chance you're making this move, right? right. You're right. Yeah. And so it's it's cool that like I read this in a book and I've read blog posts and seen people online make these types of decisions. And then, you know, we were able to do something similar. And 
it's cool that it happened to us. I don't know. I yeah. mean, and you have mentors around you, around you, like you mentioned in the last episode. You're able to talk this through with your wife, with your parents, with your wife's parents, with your friends, you know, whoever it is. This isn't like you're making some one-off decision. I mean, you've, right. you're consulting. You've got a team around you of people to talk through big decisions like this with. Right. Cool. Okay. So, um, you know, is there any final closing thoughts you have on the decision that you've made here? Can you talk? Can you tell me a little bit about building a house, how that's different than buying one, just an already existing house? Um, a used house. A used, <laughs> a used house. Yeah. Well, it's like what people tell me, you know, I own a house. If you're not mortgage free, like you don't own the house right. yet. Like the bank technically owns the right. house and you can use your, you know, if you have a very low interest rate and you're building equity. I mean, yeah, you own a big piece of the house, but you know, it's the same thing with a, a used house. It's like, you know, it is. That's what it yeah. is. It's a used house. Yeah. You're not the only owner. So it is cool in the fall. We'll be able to walk in and know that, hey, like we're the first ones to, to live here. Yeah. You've been walking around the building process. Right. I've been seeing pictures. Um, so it, it'll it be it'll be awesome. We're excited. Um, but it's just a little nerve wracking, right? You're trusting these people to to build what you signed up for and want in your house um you know we've gone to like they had the they had the plans already in place uh like the square footage and rooms and uh etc but we got to pick out specifics in terms of like um design countertops cabinets paint color flooring things like that so we Lindsay and i had to spend about four to six hours at Robertson Brothers Design Studio. <laughs> and we're making all these big time decisions in four hours. Like it was pretty crazy that we had to, you know, this short amount of time to make these decisions. And hopefully we like them. But we told ourselves, you know, if we we don't, we'll live with it. But, you know, we can always change those things. But that's one tiny piece of that process of, you know, building a house is. So he's a bit of a fixer upper. So he's got a few flaws. Like his peculiar brain deer. This thing with the reindeer. That's a little outside of nature's laws. So he's a bit of a fixer upper. Give me like one thing you were super passionate about and one thing you didn't care at all about. <laughs> That's such a great question. So um, one thing I was super passionate about that we had in our old house that we will have in our new house is the soft clothes cabinets and drawers in the kitchen, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to use my parents and at my in-laws, like they don't have that in their kitchen. And a few times I've just like slammed the doors shut. Cause I'm so used to just like throwing it, yeah, shut. throwing it yeah. shut and then it'll just soft close. You get in a big argument. It's like, yeah, take that. And you slam your door and it doesn't slam. Uh, so that's one thing that I actually, I didn't, I never thought that I'd care about cabinets, you know, but I've grown to really like those. Anyway, um, you can be a cabinet salesman when you leave your teaching job down the road. You're very passionate about it. That and uh, water leakage in the basement. I want, I want nothing to do with water leakage. Okay. <laughs> That's um, why I bought the new house, just so it wouldn't leak. So uh, the one thing I didn't care about, oh my gosh, this is pro there's a long list here of things that yeah it reminds me was... of like going through a wedding process with your oh, wife and yeah, you're like yeah. you know what color is the tablecloth gonna be should they be pink or should they be white or should they be purple or green yeah i don't care <laughs> just pick the sheets um like if we're talking about cabinets the knobs on the cabinets <laughs> are they circular or are they square what'd you go with 
You're gonna have to talk to Lindsay about that. I, I, <laughs> you I, forgot I, already. I, I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. There's other aspects too, like like flooring, like carpet, or you know, like like wood flooring and things like that. That, that didn't really matter to me. That was a Lindsay decision, and I was cool with whatever she picked. Even like the dishwasher, for example, like. It's just going to wash the dishes, you know? Like yeah, right. It, it doesn't really matter. It's not going to change your life. So there, no. there were those things. And there, there were like aspects where Lindsay wanted to have a, a certain color scheme in the, the bathroom or... Wasn't it like a... This wasn't the color scheme in the bathroom, but I think it was the architecture of the house. Wasn't it like a Norwegian or something <laughs> like that? There was something she was very... When she was describing it a year ago when you guys were first starting the process, she's like, should we get the Norwegian... Uh, accent uh, it, it was the, uh, the Scandinavian. Scandinavian. Yeah. Not. Uh, I didn't mean to offend any <laughs> of you Norwegian folks that are listening to this podcast. Lindsay's probably texting you right now because she knows that you messed that up. Yeah, right? Scandinavian. Um, Sorry. Anyway, yeah, we picked the like European style, like the front of our house. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, uh, I can't think of the word either. Shoot. Anyway, well, Fas- the facade. Uh, no, I don't think that's it. <laughs> but uh, so those were uh, things that. We had to decide, and Lindsay made most of those, but I chimed in. Well, it sounds like you guys got together. You made a lot of good decisions. It sounds like there's some things you were passionate about, she was passionate about. At the end of the day, you talked through the decisions, and you made what was best for you guys. So congratulations on the new acquisition. And now it's just kind of a waiting game, right? I mean, you, you're currently living with your in-laws, which is appropriate because it's a shorter amount of time. It's not like you're moving in for 10 years. I mean, this is hopefully a three- or four-month thing, and then you're able to because they live one or two streets over, you can just walk over there and look at the progress, right? That's got to be kind of cool. It is cool to see what they're working on and doing next. And, you know, I think they're putting the walls up and building the, uh, or throwing the roof on next. And so it's cool to see the the process. I never thought that I'd be able to, to experience that, but. Uh, I don't know. Or just like, I don't know, the nuts and bolts, like the interior design of the house, like, would just be cool to see like what's underneath the tile what's down there (laughs) you never know what they're hiding down there (laughs) so yeah it's it's neat we're super excited cool congratulations all right dan uh well i just wanted to talk with him about that because i don't know too much about you know home purchasing and living in 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 a house and certainly some lessons we've learned today are i have a budget in place and have an idea of all the expenses that are associated with the house what are the other big takeaways dan being on the same page as your spouse, having a shared goal together. Making sure you both like it, right? I know that you know you and you and Jess went through something similar, trying to buy a, a house and making sure you both feel comfortable with making sure you're, you feel okay. It makes sense, right, for the future. Um, so I think- And consider the relationships in addition to that, right? I right. mean, being comfortable with an area is kind of having family nearby, if that's your thing, or friends, school district, all important things to consider. And I do just want to say before we sign off on this episode, I appreciate you incorporating me uh, into this new home purchase in a couple of ways, my wife and I. Number one, uh, you've got a spare bedroom, I believe in the basement of your ranch. And it's uh, you've called it a couple times to me. I don't know if you've said this publicly, but it's called the J&J Suite. And that's a place where my wife and I can stay uh, when we come over, correct? Uh, yeah, I want you to say it publicly here so Lindsay knows this is the J&J suite. We, the, we're going to claim partial ownership here. I'm not paying rent. I, you, what? So it, it won't exist for another couple of years here because we're not getting our basement finished yet. But that's that's on the that's in the plans. 
and that is something that uh, we are going to to do. We're going to get a sign that says J and J Suite. It's going to have a little bathroom down there for Jordan and Jess and other guests that decide to come over yeah, and well, maybe stay with us. We'll allow it. We'll allow it. Um, and then it'll have like a, a coffee maker down there too. Maybe some other things, but cool. So. I'm totally joking about the J and J speed, but if you do get a sign, that would be, that would be very cool. Uh, I would actually think buy I'm, it. You think I'm joking. <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you for listening to our episode today on the JP money show. It's a little bit about buying a home. Thank you, Dan, for being a guest today. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for having me. Hey, Jill. You know the old sugar daddy. They be tricking. They tell them girls. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Jordan here, the host of the JP Money Show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please share it with others if you found it useful or helpful. And remember, this is not intended to be financial advice. You should consult a professional financial advisor to help you run the numbers and look at your own personal financial situation. Thank you. Thank you.